Welcome to the Start Something Show. Join world-renowned experts, change agents, and everyday folks who have done the amazing. All here to help you start something incredible. Now it's time to step out, live your perfect day, and create a legacy with your host, Tina Dietz. Howdy hi, superstarters. This is Tina Dietz. Welcome to the Start Something Show. We are welcoming to our Start Something Show fabulousness today the lovely Jill Fisher, who is going to be talking with us about neurolinguistic programming, which we're just going to shorten to NLP because I hate saying neurolinguistic programming. It makes my face hurt. <laughs> as well as hypnotherapy, what the hell those things are, how they get used, and her own very cool Start Something journey later in the show. But first, it's Q&A day. So our Q&A today comes from Julia in Austin, who asks us, Dear Tina. Hi, Julia. I am an essential oils distributor for a network marketing company. My favorite part of what I do is that I help people learn how to use these oils to better their health and well-being. I would love to take my message and what I teach people to a bigger audience using a webinar or a teleclass, but I'm not sure if it's a good idea or how to do it. Should I use webinars and teleclasses? Which one and how? Oh, Julia, you do know this is only a half-hour show, right? Okay, well, we'll do our best here. First of all, I'm a huge fan of webinars and teleclasses, and it happens to be a specialty of mine because I hate boring ones. Yay. <laughs> all right. So here's a couple of things you want to take into consideration. Yes, it, I think it could be a really good idea for you. But the first thing you need to do is just to make sure – based on the policies of the company that you're working with, because even as an independent contractor, you are bound by the rules and terms and conditions of that company. So make sure that it's cool that you go ahead and run a webinar or a teleclass. Secondly, you're going to want to decide which format do you want to use, a webinar or a teleclass. Breaking it down, the basic difference is that a webinar, you're going to be using video of some kind, slides of some kind, a visual, whereas a teleclass is going to be over the phone. Now, if you're just getting started, I like to keep things very technology light and also inexpensive. Now, of course, you can use Google Hangouts for free. If you're going to do that, I would recommend that you get some training first and maybe go back and listen to the episode with Elaine Lindsay, who's an expert on this topic. If you're doing it on your own and you want to keep it simple and just get the information out the door to your audience, then I'm going to recommend that you just go to freeconferencecall.com or freeconferencecallhd.com and sign up and get a free international if you need it or just U.S.-based number if you need it number that people can call in on. You are going to need to decide what kind of information that you want to deliver and who you want it to deliver to. And then you're going to go through basically a whole checklist of steps in creating your content and then getting the word out there through friends, family, colleagues, clients, all of those people about what you are going to be delivering. It's not a just blurted out kind of process to do, but when it's done well, it can really make a huge difference in your credibility in reaching a bigger audience and in having a lot of fun at the same time. Now, if you're going to run a teleclass, but you still want people to be able to have a visual, my very favorite format for teaching an online class is to pair 
a teleclass because it's easy for people to access. They don't have to mess around with much with technology. If they want to go in through Skype, they can. Most people can just pick up the phone. Simple, simple, simple. But a couple of days or even a week or, you know, before your teleclass, you can send out the people who are attending your class through email a downloadable guide, workbook, note sheets, etc. that have the visuals or have places for them to take notes about your class so that they still have something in their hands that they can take away from the course. And that is really, really valuable. And my very favorite thing to do when I'm running an online, especially a free class, is to make sure people have that takeaway of value that they then can either file or even if it just helps them remember because they're writing things down. Either way, it's a good idea. So a long answer that actually should be an even longer one. So if you actually want to run a webinar, a teleclass, Julia, or any of our listeners out there, and you're not sure where to begin, we at the Start Something Show be love to help you get your message out to the world. Join us back on the startsomethingshow.com website and shoot us an email or take a look at our services and see how we can help you out. And if you have a question, just go ahead to the Contact Us page on the startsomethingshow.com and shoot us an email with your question, and we might feature it on the air. And now, Superstarters, the moment you've been waiting for, I would love to introduce you to Jill Fisher. Jill is awesome. I've known Jill for a while now, and she's just surprisingly a really funny person. But that's not just why I have her here on the show today. Jill has shared the stage and teleseminars with folks like the author of The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, and Neil Donald Walsh, who authored Conversations with God. She is an advanced hypnotherapist and the owner of Mind Reset Solutions, where they have developed a system called Mind Reset Technology that combines advanced hypnotherapy and neurolinguistics linguistic programming to create effective treatments for everything from fear of public speaking to addictions and everything in between. Jill has been an international speaker, teacher, coach, TV talk show host for over 25 years, and she is currently the president of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce in Vancouver, Canada. So you can dig more into Jill's work and read all about Mind Reset at PowerfulHypnotherapy.com. Jill, thanks for starting something with me today. Well, thank you, Tina, for having me here. I am excited and I love the joy that you put in the show as well in uh, introducing me as I have a sense of humor. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it at some point. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, you know, I want to always bring people on this show who are not just good at what they do, but, you know, fun to hang out with. It's my show, damn it. I'm going to have on who I want. <laughs> Love it. Well, I am privileged. I am part of your party. Yes, you are part of the posse. Exactly. Exactly. Too cool. All right. Well, now we're going to be serious. Okay. Ready to be serious? I'm ready. ready to be serious? I'm ready. I'm, okay, I'm holding on to my chair. Okay. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Okay. Go. Jill. Yes. Take us back. <laughs> take us back to when you were getting started. When did you know you wanted to change your life and start something? You were getting sleepy. <laughs> Very sleepy. Oh, no. You know, I totally stumbled on this. Totally. I, I you know, nobody is more surprised than me that I am, I'm now working as a hypnotherapist. I started off, it was, you know, the universe saying, come on, girl, 
come on, girl. (laughs) My marriage fell apart. And what happened was inside my marriage, I had a three-year-old and a one-month-old baby. And I left my husband at a point where I couldn't find my husband anymore. He had gotten caught up in drugs and alcohol and he disappeared. I mean, he was physically there, but he became a different person. And uh, it became obvious I couldn't stay in the marriage. It wasn't safe and it wasn't the intention that uh, we had set out at the beginning. And in through the series of you know the steps to go through separation and divorce and having young, young children, my husband at the time chose to go to a rehab center, like a drug and rehab center out on Vancouver Island. And there was a program there for the super duper enabler, me. (laughs) 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 And I was still extremely codependent, thought, well, if it will help him, I'll do it. And that's what got me in the door. And so it was a week long program called Insight. and, And it's for the loved one of an addict. And in that week, it's like two years of Al-Anon. And inside that week, that was my start. That was my beginning, like just opening the door to, what? I'm part of this? Really? I thought it was all his fault. Imagine that. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. And just to be clear for everyone listening out there, I mean, if... When you go through this kind of personal development work, and I'm, I'm going to simultaneously wear my my therapist and coach hats here, and the reason we're laughing about this, first of all, is we've been through it. We're on the other side, so you can look back on it in one way. When you're right in it, and we were just talking about this, it's like, Jill, I think you were saying it's like being squeezed through the eye of a needle. Oh, it hurts. It's I don't the, want to go through The process there. <laughs> of transformation and, and someone goes, okay, here's what you need to do to transform your life. And you look at it and you go, well, that's going to suck. And they go, yep. Mm-hmm. And then somehow you manage to do it anyway because you have this knowingness or faith or whatever you want to call it that on the other side of that is something else that is infinitely more rich and more peaceful. And and it's true. It is. Going through it at the time really does suck. But, you know, it's saying that, you know, when we're involved in a relationship where addiction is involved, that we're part of the problem possibly is not a place of blame or victimization. It's actually a place, a powerful place to stand, to be responsible, to say, okay, where can I make a difference? Not to change the other person, but to change our own behavior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a powerful position to be in of when I see that I'm part of it, it's, oh, then I can do something about it. Amen. And if I'm in victimhood, which I lived in for a lot of my years, um, and dip in and out every once in a while still, (laughs) and correct out faster and faster because of all the transformational work of going through that eye of the needle. And absolutely, without seeing a glimpse of the other side, to get that there is another way to live. There is another way, and and it does exist. It is possible. Yeah, it takes something to get through that. And so it sent me on a journey of course after course of transformational work or coaching or classes. Um, And inside of that journey, I purchased a program that had classes and coaching and hypnotherapy. And I arrived completely skeptical, but I figured, well, I paid for the program. I'm going to, I'm going to show up. (laughs) And, and I said to my hypnotherapist, I said, well, why would I hand you my brain? And she smiled 
And she said, well, you're not. You have full control through the whole thing. And, um, you know, my limited access to what hypnotherapy was, was through media and, you know, being misled that it's like stage hypnosis and, or somebody's going to totally take over my behavior. So in a conversation with her, she clarified, no, that's not what it is. That's, that's not accurate. Which is interesting because now I have a lot of conversations with people inside of clarifying hypnotherapy is not stage hypnosis and it's not mind control. Well, let's dig into that a little bit further then. Let's, what is hypnotherapy? Hypnotherapy, if you think of it like meditation with a purpose, it's... Ooh, I like that definition. Yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> okay, the, there works. we go. We'll quote it. <laughs> and meditation is actually a type of hypnotherapy. It's usually designed where you're, you're becoming grounded in your body and your breathing. And so you, you get into the reality of the moment of being in your body and to be able to experience empty and meaningless. And it's very rejuvenating and refreshing and healing for your body to be in that state. Hypnotherapy is the same state with the ability to go into a specific topic. And whether your topic, you listed off some when you introduced me, Tina, you know, whether it's addictions or weight loss or fear of public speaking or anxiety, within that meditative state, that relaxed state, we talk about a specific behavior that you haven't been able to break free of that you want to, but there's just something invisible to you. It's something having you repeat this kind of behavior. We, in this relaxed state, can go into your subconscious mind, which is like your blueprint for your life and look at the source of the behavior. The behavior is like the tip of the iceberg. And so what we're doing is diving down to go underneath the waters to see what is underneath there that's creating this behavior. And that gives you access to shift it. And then so you find the source of, of the behavior, and then how do you repattern that? How do you shift that without, you know, necessarily spending many, many years, you know, analyzing and reanalyzing and all that good stuff. It brings me back to my first session of hypnotherapy, because I looked at that too, of what am I getting myself into? <laughs> yeah. And what's this all going to be? And it's interesting. There's a lot of different ways to do it. If you think of a log jam, right, where um, there's all these logs there and they're plugging the water from going further down the river. And if you were to just take one log out, it might make all the difference. It might all of a sudden break apart that log jam and boom, the water flows. Or you might have to take out 10 or 20 of those logs. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like I can think that. of one or two topics that have been a little log jammed on. You know? <laughs> there are, I mean, Tina, it's, there are some topics that are predictably quick phobias like fear of heights or fear of flying addictions that are like smoking is usually quite quick claustrophobia really? is usually quite quick yeah interesting yeah and it's there's there's so many you know it's it's usually what's famous for hypnotherapy right i'm going to go to a hypnotist to stop smoking and it's there's predictable patterns that have someone be in an addiction like that Harder drugs, it becomes more complex. So more sessions would be required. 
weight loss is a, a more complex topic. If you think of how many people, like most of us, struggle with our weight on and off. and um, most, Mostly on. Mostly on. <laughs> I love you. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, not awesome that you're struggling, that you say mostly on, but that you're honest. <laughs> it's a complex topic. There's a lot of emotional patterning that we have or, or brain patterns in our subconscious thinking from, you know, the time that we were born about body image or about, you know, control that I can have over somebody else according to the size that I am, or, you know, guilt. Weight loss is connected to so many emotional topics. And so to go to the source of why you might be overeating or eating at inappropriate times or inappropriate amounts, to go to the source of all of that will take a number of sessions. And again, like the log jam, you don't know if it's going to be this log or if there's three more logs to take out of that jam before the water can flow again and then, then the, the weight just disappears. You're Crap, I should have taken up smoking. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to be And can to you hear the angry listener emails coming in? Yes. Okay, you can. Okay, good. All right. Okay. No, I wouldn't advise okay. taking up smoking. <laughs> so, so no, you were obviously not a hypnotherapist. You were going through this massive transition in your life, and you said you had a, a three-year-old and a one-month-old at this time? Yeah. Oh, God love you. And um, now, how, what made you make the shift into starting this as a business, and what was that like? Had you been an entrepreneur before? Uh, off and on. I worked as a graphic designer. And my career before was all in the fine art area. And the whole creative center of my brain is very active. <laughs> it loves creativity. And um, so through this training for my own self-development and healing, I kept being curious. And I'm also very left brain where I really want to know, like, why is this working? What's happening? How come this doesn't work or that does? And so with asking all those questions, it led me down a route to be trained in being a hypnotherapist. And I took it out of curiosity of I, I just really wanted to know how this how this works. And science has it mostly figured out. And inside of that, to be certified, you do a practicum and not a practicum, but you have so many hours that you have to work with people. So I started working at a shelter, a third stage shelter, and I worked with abused women and helping them shift their mindset for really being powerful in the world and building up their confidence of who they are. And inside of that, I just fell in love with making such a, a significant difference in, you know, with their life and their family and how that would extend out. And so I was juggling both for a while. I, I worked full time as a graphic designer during the day. And then some evenings and weekends, I would do hypnotherapy sessions. And I found that I got to the point where it felt like I cannot not do this. Like, mm. look, look yeah. at the difference this is making. And the clients had such extraordinary shifts and they were like, oh, <laughs> this is great. I want more. And, and so, yeah, it felt like I can't turn my back on, on not doing this because it works and it works fast. And it's not hypnotherapy because you're relaxed. It's easier, I find, because if you think of the feeling when you're just about to fall asleep, 
at night or you're just waking up in the morning, that's the feeling of being in hypnosis. Or if you're, you're daydreaming, looking out the window or you drive from A to B and you arrive at B and you've forgotten the drive, you've been in a hypnotic state during that drive. And so that's, a, that's an example where you can see there's no loss of control. You're still able to drive. And if somebody cut you off, you'd come right back. Wait, one would hope so. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you wonder. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, With hypnotherapy, there's actually a part of your brain um, that we bypass. When you're in a relaxed state, it's called the reticular activation system. And it doesn't work when you're in a relaxed state. So you're more open to suggestion. It's not mind control. You don't take on anything that you don't agree with. But if you're there for a hypnotherapy session, you're agreeing with what you want, right? You're, you're there, okay, I want to, for example, I want to lose weight. And so I want to take on this suggestion. So it's almost like you start to become like a sponge and you want to soak it in. And it becomes easier, I've found in my experience and working with thousands of people, I found that by being relaxed and open, your willingness is at a heightened level so you can just absorb this stuff easier. Your left brain's required for this as well. You want your left brain to be satisfied with any questions that you might have. You need the the analytical to. brain. Yeah. Yes. Cuz it's like mm-hmm. that's a gatekeeper, right? If the analytical brain is not happy, you're not going to your right brain to it's through your right brain you go into your subconscious. No, yeah, that left brain is it's like a, a bouncer with the, you know, the the velvet rope there. <laughs> Yeah. And do you have the right idea? Are you on the list? (laughs) Are you on the list? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's important to respect, you know, the need for the left brain to have these questions answered. Absolutely. And then going back to the right brain and accessing into your subconscious there, that's where we're reprogramming the information. So your question, I believe, was how is this done? And the first step is to address what's already there. Because if we go straight to, you know, positive affirmations and, you know, you are thin, you are beautiful, you won't absorb that if you've got programming in there of, you know, saying, well, yeah, right, or whatever, I wish, or you've absorbed programming from negative talk that you might have been told as a child, or if you were bullied, or you could even take it on from watching TV or seeing a billboard, like who knows where it comes from. Mm-hmm. But first, what we do to get to the source of your behavior is to look at what's already there. And when you're relaxed, it's easier to go there. It's quite difficult to get there when you're wide awake. With that reticular activation system, with bypassing it, we're able to go to more information. All the information is always there, but our access in is, is more available when you're relaxed. So then once you've seen what's there, what are some other steps that you take? So there's a number of different ways to do this. You can do it very analytically to, you know, going back to early childhood memories and there's specific memories and then going through, there's a sequencing of questions that I'd ask you to be able to let any um, anxiety or stress or emotion that's trapped there out. And the emotion is what drives our behavior. When we're neutral with things, we're free to choose. But if we have emotion on something, 
it's almost like someone's some invisible force is pushing the back of our head, moving us forward towards this. So that would be like going to the pantry at 1130 at night for the box of cookies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's what causes that. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some hidden emotion that is determining our behavior. And when you, when you think of, I'm trying to think of an example. If I, it, say there's a little child and the little child falls on the ground and all his friends laugh at him. In that moment, what actually happened was that he fell down and his friends laughed. But our brain automatically puts meaning on everything. So there's always two things that are occurring. What actually happened, the reality of what a camera could capture, and what our brain is interpreting. And so our brain right now, human beings, our brain mostly defaults to negative thinking. And so a common way of interpreting, okay, I fell down and now my friends are laughing is, wow, I'm an idiot. Look, at everyone's laughing at me. They all think I'm an idiot. I'm not going to have any friends. And so now that creates emotion because anytime we think that we're separate from other people or other people don't love and accept us, we have anxiety. And it's a basic survival mechanism. We're designed to be together and to help each other. And so anytime we perceive that we're not part of a community, there's a level of anxiety there. That anxiety has us, it's almost like horse blinders. It has us see our world a certain way. So now no matter what happens, that child is going to see, I'm an idiot. People don't like me. I'm going to be alone. So I've heard it said that per second, 400 billion bits of information come at you. And we filter out and we're aware of about 2,000 of that. Now, that's the reticular activation system that I was talking about before. That's, that's its job to filter down because you don't need to deal with 400 billion. There's too much. Oh, no, there's far, far, far too much of that. Yeah. So then what's the next step? So the next step is once that emotion is out and you can get to a, a neutral place and there's, there's a conversation about forgiveness and letting go. When you're at a neutral place, that's where you can program in. That's where you can put in the positive information because that's where there's actually room for it. So once is, is that what you, you use the neurolinguistic programming side of things for? NLP. It's much easier to say yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was tripping on it too. <laughs> the NLP is throughout. It's like ah, okay, the got it. I get contact with somebody. Um, there's a heightened listening for the, the words that are chosen, the words that are spoken, the words that are typed in our correspondence of setting up appointments or, or getting together. NLP is really infused throughout. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like I've heard uh, other trainers say that NLP is hypnosis without the trance, without the relaxed state. I think that's not a, that's not a bad uh, analogy for that. Absolutely. I know we'll be, uh, and I know on the backstage pass, we'll be digging in more about the specifics of NLP and the healing process. So have you found, you know, I was on your website and uh, in our conversation, it really seems like this methodology is applicable to, I couldn't believe the number of areas that you had listed out. 
you know, really, it can be applied to any topic. I know there's a high level of anxiety in our world right now. We call it stress. And not like you didn't know that. <laughs> um, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you look at that's a precursor for our behavior. And if you're stressed, you might not want to go to work and your body might shut down and, and become sick. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I've worked with clients with Lyme disease, a lot with weight loss, um, of course, stop smoking, any form of addiction. It's very effective for gambling. That's in one of the categories that it, predictable patterning, almost like smoking, that creates the addiction of gambling. But yeah, it, it can be personal development, you know, just self-esteem and assertiveness in relationships. It's really, it's exquisite with relationships and conversation and creating a deeper level of love and affinity in communication, which can create and save any kind of relationship if you're both committed to opening up new levels of communication. So unraveling whatever's getting in the way of saying what you need to say in a way that can be heard to create the future that you want. But yeah, I mean, if you do go to powerfulhypnotherapy.com, there's a list of a number of different topics that you can, but really anything that you want to transform, any topic that you want to transform is available to transform with hypnotherapy. I found like when I started, when you asked me of how I made the transition, it was like, how can I not do this? It works. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to just get in like two more questions before we run out of time today. So on the business side of things, because obviously, you know, you're a consummate professional in terms of being a practitioner and, and doing what you do. What did you find was kind of your biggest challenge in building your business, building your clientele? It was actually for myself to be resolved with hypnotherapy. That would be my biggest challenge because once I was peaceful with understanding the science, it was kind of like the analytical brain was struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Once I was satisfied that my questions were answered, so that had sent me to um, LA, like California, to take neuroscience courses around the world, really. I've done my studies. And once I was at home with how hypnotherapy works, that disappeared my barriers to promoting my business. I actually started almost in secret of, um, I'm a hypnotherapist, but I'm going to tell myself or tell the world I'm a life coach, but really I'm a hypnotherapist. <laughs> it doesn't work to promote a business if you're keeping it a secret. <laughs> so once you overcame that clearly, you know, because I know you're quite well known in your area and you've shared stage with us with some of the most, you know, most well-known transformational teachers in the world. Uh, clearly you got over that. I did. Yes. I did. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah. And and it allowed me to be with people that had a lot of questions. And I didn't offend to that. It was just, oh, of course you do. And 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 I had, you know, availability to be able to answer it. And also what, what I missed was that there's there's abstracts way abstract methods to do this as well, like storytelling and colors. And so in explaining that of even if we don't have enough information to actually break this right down, there's ways to do this that are more abstract thinking, and it's valid, just like listening to music that you really enjoy. And That's it, valid. It's totally valid. And it also helps that you naturally have a really great sense of humor. So, you know, not taking things to heart and being able to 
be with people's questions or concerns. You know, you're yeah. a very easy person to be around. Oh, and that's you. a that's a real asset to to everything that you do besides just being just incredibly articulate about the entire process. So now if you were just so for everyone listening out there, give us an idea. If you were just starting out today, if you're starting over again and you had the knowledge that you have today, but you didn't have the resources that you've developed over the years, what would be some of the first steps that you would do to start something today? As in start a business yeah. in hypnotherapy? Yeah. Start another transition. Hmm. That's a great question. What I would do is uh, look for who I want to emulate. I would look for a mentor that you agree with their process. And um, you don't have to invent the wheel right off the bat. Uh, you can design your own wheel later. But to really look at what's already in place that's working who is, um, if you did want to design a business for hypnotherapy, who's out there that has a functioning, profitable business that's flourishing in hypnotherapy and what are they doing? And even reach out to, to make connection with them to see if they're open for uh, maybe a free consultation or some tips. I'm sure that they would be delighted and honored to share what they had learned. Perfect. Well, Jill, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm really looking forward to having you on the Backstage Pass. we got a lot to discuss. Well, thank you, Tina. It was very fun. I have smiled the whole way through. Are you still hanging on to your chair? <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the show today. And remember, if you want to dig deeper into this work that Jill does and find out some more about how hypnotherapy and NLP works, uh, the myths, the pros, the cons, what's used for, maybe even how you can start using it on yourself to get an idea, you know, where, where to begin on how to start shifting some things in your life that maybe have been stuck for a while. That's what the Backstage Pass is for. So join us on the StartSomethingShow.com and get all the goods every week, both here on the show and on the Backstage Pass. We'll see you next week. Start something with purpose. Start something with freedom. Start something now. Go to the StartSomethingShow.com, join our community of super starters, and get your perfect day planner pack, a free resource to help you create the life you've dreamed of living. Take action now, and we'll see you for our next exciting episode.